Welcome back, friends. This is the Good Midlife Podcast. We are coming to you on a beautiful Tuesday night in Louisville, Kentucky. Richard is checking in fresh off of a run. Richard, how far did you go tonight? Did a whopping uh, six miles tonight, Jim. Okay. All right. Well, it's, you know, training for the marathon. You do some long days and some short days, right? Yeah, I did uh, four this morning and then six tonight. So uh, good times. Share by all. Ah, two a days. I see. I see. Um, well, it's nice. We got some a break in the hot weather. I, while you were running, I was just sitting on my deck eating some homemade salsa and chips. And so that probably means you will you added a year onto your life as I took one off of mine. So, um, you know, we're just going. That's okay. Live, direction. man. Live. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, it's going to be hot again this weekend, but. Uh, and it, for the next three weeks. Yeah. So just sucks, brace yourself. Sucks. It's sucks, coming. Sucks. Yep. 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 But we're enjoying it for a day or two while we've got it. It's very pleasant. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We had another great week of downloads. Um, I know that we are getting a ton of listens in our home state of Kentucky. So thank you to all of our Kentucky friends and neighbors for checking us out and listening to us. Continue to get at us on the socials. The Good Midlife Podcast on Instagram. Kenshin Crew on Instagram. The Good Midlife at Gmail is where to reach us if you want to ask us a question or have a topic that you want us to talk about. Now, uh, we usually uh, talk about what we did last weekend. What have we done cool in town? What have we done that's fun and new and exciting? Richard, do you have anything? I wouldn't say I had a necessarily a cool weekend. So on Friday night, we had a nice... It was almost like a mini hurricane, would I would describe it as, uh, on Friday night. And we had dinner at District 6, came home, and we were watching the third episode, I think, third or fourth episode of, um, of uh, Painkiller, and proceeded to lose power for 48 hours. So we spent the uh, two days at my parents' house. Luckily, we had... They did not lose power, and we spent the weekend at my parents. So, and then we're, I was moving stuff out of freezers, refrigerators, and uh, trying to uh, remove cats, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, while bracing the lovely heat of uh, the Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, it was way, way too hot to be at home with no AC. So, I felt bad for you guys. Um, after Friday night, we didn't have any power shortages. We did. Um, we sat on the couch, watched a little TV, felt the rain come through and and had an early night on Friday night. So not too much exciting there. We did on the subject of exciting, did make it out to watch Lou City uh, play the Oakland Roots in some uh, USL soccer and City won in extra time on a, just a beautiful strike to go ahead to one um, just with seconds remaining in the match. So it was very, very exciting and very fun. And other than that, you know, just kind of a, another weekend, hung out with some family and did that stuff. So nothing really cool to report in Louisville as far as new restaurants, new places to go um, or anything like that. So with that said, we'll just jump straight into this podcast and I'll give a quick update. You know, uh, we will not spend a lot of time belaboring this point, but I'm I'm doing um, NCAA football picks this year and went 0-2 this week, and I gave out Vanderbilt, and I gave out Navy. Notre Dame destroyed Navy, and I think Notre Dame's good. I watched them. Their offensive line's really good against the Navy defensive line that's not terrible, and 
Vandy won by seven. They were favored by 17. Vandy was the right side. They had a couple of drives stalled, but no big deal. Um, that said, let's talk about my picks for this week. And Richard, I'm going to tell you that my very favorite pick on the board this week is Louisville giving seven and a half points at Georgia Tech. I say load up on Louisville. That's a road game, but Georgia Tech's not a great environment. And I think the Brahm era starts with a big bang this weekend. You think they cover that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think I, I think uh, I, I don't think Georgia Tech's a very good team. So, yes, I do. Their over under on season win total at Georgia Tech was four and a half, just for the just for for a point of clarity. Louisville's was eight and a half. I think Louisville's two touchdowns better. That's my favorite bet this week. I'm going to load up on that. Um, I might even drive across the bridge in the morning before work just so I can get it in. I'm going to play Ball State in UK. Now I'm not going to play the line. I'm not going to pick a side. The line's twenty five and a half, and I don't I don't trust Kentucky to cover a number like that, even though they're going to trot out some new weapons and. New quarterback, new running back, good receiver, um, but I'm going to play the under. The under is, I saw this morning at 48 and a half. This afternoon, I saw it at 49. So give me under 49 total for the game. I feel like a a team like UK, which is a run-first team, make no mistake about how good the quarterbacks have been lately. Stoops is a run-first coach, and he wants to shorten the game. And I think they'll trot out some stuff this week, but get a lot of guys some snaps. And the new clock rules are going to really shorten games for a squad like UK. Once they get ahead, it's going to cut those uh, over-under numbers down because the clock is going to run after first downs in college this year. They won't stop it like they used to. It'll only stop inside of two minutes. So I think that plays well for UK. Do you have a side or a, a number you like in that one, Richard? Uh, not really. I, I think I agree with you on your assessment. It sounds pretty spot on. So, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's a fairly solid pick. So I, I, I agree with you there. Okay. My third one, I'm going to try to do three every week and I'm going to go with another team or another uh, game under, and this is another team that just doesn't score. They didn't score last year. Um, Utah state at Iowa, the line is 25 but the over-under is 44 and a half. A lot of those Iowa games last season got down into the 30s. I can't imagine this game getting into the, the mid-40s team total. You know, I could get a 31 to 10 score and still win on the under, and I don't think Iowa's getting the 31 points. So give me the under there. And uh, so that's what I'm going to do there. Um, I'm also going to give one more fun betting thing each week and that is going to be i'm going to do a, a three-team teaser a three-team six-point teaser and um i'm going to take penn state at minus 20 we're going to tease that down to minus 14 i'm going to take south carolina versus unc south carolina is favored by two and a or is an underdog by two and a half so give me six let's move that to eight and a half so i'll take them getting eight and a half points and then i'll take texas san antonio minus one and a half we're going to tease that up to plus four and a half against Houston. I think Houston sucks. UTSA should have won that game last year. So there's your three-team teaser, if in case you like that sort of silliness, which I do. And uh, one of my daughters, we do a three-team teaser every week just for fun. So there well, are your gambling sorry. picks. Well, uh, I think I, I was looking at the uh, South Carolina South Carolina UNC game. And two and a half points, I mean, I think South Carolina is a lot better than that. And I think they actually pull the upset. I think so too. That's a good money line play. I think every I, I've read a lot of people picking North Carolina in that game and laying the two and a half points. And 
I think Carolina is good, but I don't trust them. I don't trust South Carolina either, really, but it's at USC, and they're riding really high off of a big season last year, and I think they could pull the upset, and if I can throw them into a teaser and get over a touchdown in points, then I'm going to play that every time. Yeah, yeah, I I have to agree with you. I think it's, uh, I think that's a little bit of an aggressive game. Uh, uh, Florida, Utah, or Florida, Utah might be kind of interesting. Uh, they got U- Utah favored by six and a half. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Utah is a good team, um, but I I don't know. Florida's kind of sketchy, so. We'll see how that pans out. And then they have a pretty good back. They have a good quarterback. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think that South Carolina game, I think I'd have to pick South Carolina on that. The ACC is not very good. And um, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going with South Carolina. I, I trust them. And, you know, that's part of that line movement. That, that Florida Utah line has moved a little bit because the public money comes in on the SEC team every time. So it's come yeah. in on Florida and moved it a little bit. I, I, that's a stay away game for me just because I don't I don't know enough about either of those squads. I love Utah traditionally. They play really physical football, uh, but I just don't know enough about Florida. The other one that I thought about playing in the teaser is TCU versus Colorado. Coach Prime's first game at Colorado. TCU favored by 20 and a half. I, I'd love TCU in this spot. Like if I, I I would probably tease that down just in case anybody wants to throw another one in. I'd move that six points. So um, it gets down to 14 and a half. Uh, and I I think they're easily two plus touchdowns better than Colorado in terms of people on the field. That TCU squad is physical as hell. They were really good last year. And I think it's going to take a minute before Colorado is good. They were really good until they met a far superior team. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> really good until they played a better team. Right, right. That's true. Um. But anyway, I like TCU in that game, so uh, that's that's where I am on that. Uh, well, so- uh, it, it'll be nice to finally see primetime uh, Deion Sanders coaching in primetime. Yeah, they play Friday and, night, right? Uh, I no, think they th- play Saturday at noon. Oh, they're new. They're big Saturday noon. Okay, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, it's yeah. on Fox. So, Fox noon Saturday. Yep. Yeah. So it'll 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 be interesting to see. If the hype is real, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm a little hesitant on it, but it'll be interesting to see. And I, I, I am Kentucky has an old player there, Smoke. Um, yeah, if I say Smoke is there, and one month it's just like it's just a, it's going to be an interesting game. I actually might try to plop my butt down and watch that somewhere this weekend. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. An interesting one. I don't know about good, but interesting. I think it's going to take a minute for the culture to be right there, especially yeah. with all the new people they brought in. So Yeah, I mean, they brought in basically a brand new team. Yeah. I mean, they are a brand new team. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, it'll be very interesting to see how that meshes. I mean, there was apparently a fight at one of their, their first practices, which is good, but What's interesting about, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you never know how that plays out. So um, it, it'll be interesting to say the least. Yep. It so. sure will. Well, it's, it's a, um, it's one of the high holy days on the calendar for me. And that is college football opening up That's Saturday. I know we got a little bit of it this weekend, but it starts for real Saturday. I cannot wait. I'll be in the stands at Commonwealth. 
um, cheering on the cats. So very excited. We will update everybody next week on how that goes. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. We like to talk TV. We like to talk movies. Are you watching anything new? Because I want to get to something you've tossed out on the pot a couple of times. I want to talk about painkiller in a minute because we started that. But are you watching anything else right now? Uh, I saw uh, painkiller. I'm still we're still watching that. As I said, we lost power. We haven't been able to pick that back up. Um, we are. You didn't. Watching... You didn't watch a movie with mom and dad while y'all were just chilling out on the couch. No, 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 we didn't. No, uh, like, like Gremlins or something like that. I, no, no, no. Ghost or, Dad. Uh, no, uh, Haunted Mansion, maybe. Yeah, right, uh, right, right. Harry uh, and the Hendersons. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Um, no, we uh, we have. I started Ahsoka uh, on Disney. Oh yes, I haven't started. Week. How is it? It's not bad. I it's the first two episodes. I'll say they seem better than Obi One. Um, I had some struggles with Obi One. I thought it was clunkily made. Um, it's not Andor. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, I my my bar is set as Andor is the best. Andor and Mandalorian. Um, are the best series and everything else kind of trails off behind that so um not really anything i i can't think of a movie we've watched lately or anything so feel kind of out of time yeah. when you lose tv for 20 48 hours you kind of you get lost in the shop yeah we started the diplomat this yes I, well, I, take that back. I did start that actually i take that back. i started that last night while i was riding my bike and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, we'll, we'll go back and pick that up. We got through about an episode and a half Friday night before we were um, falling asleep on the couch and had to turn it in. So, I'll, so I'll, I, I have a question about that. Yeah, go ahead. And, and it's and is it about me falling able... asleep on the couch? Because I can yes, of course. Too. Okay, yes. okay, okay, good, okay. Um, and shows how old you are. No, um, I have a question about that show, and it, it's going to sound really weird, and it's not intended to be sexist or anything. But does Carrie? Uh, what's Carrie her Russell? Name? Yeah, Carrie Russell. Russell. Does she look like she is not showered in that show at all? We were talking about how how bad her hair looked in that. Like it, her hair did look, and I think Elizabeth brought out like, yeah, she looks like she needs to wash that hair. And uh, you're right about that. You're totally right. Okay, and I don't I think that's sexist. Crazy. No, I don't think that's sexist at all. I think it's just looking at like it's her hair is not. Um, it, not not up to to the utmost quality that you would expect. It didn't from look like that in the Americans. Diplomat. Hell no, it didn't. So she she's a commie and a KGB spy, and one looks top notch, but when she's playing an American, she looks greasy. Well, when you're an American, you know the the shower, the hot water, the soap, the conditioner, all of that you take for granted. When you come over from the Soviet Union, man, you're using every product every time yeah. you hop in the yeah, shower. Well, that's a good every point. time, yeah. So, so I, I was just curious about that because when the the scene where they get to London and her husband smells her and stuff like that, I was like, I bet you she smells like ass. Yeah, yeah. And that I don't was know a, if that was on purpose, but I did notice that. That was an oddly hot scene though, where he just sniffed her armpits while she was standing there in her bra. That was oddly hot to me. I don't know. It was weird. You're weird. Okay, so anyway, I like that show. I like Carrie Russell, and um. I want to get back to that, but let's talk it about. It definitely Pain got Killer. better. It definitely got better as the as the first episode went through. As it moved, yeah, like I agree. by the end, I was like, okay, this is going to be pretty good. And so it's like I, I still am having a hard time with premise so far, but it, yeah. it looks pretty good. So yeah, totally agree, totally agree. Um, 
want to watch more of that. Now, let's talk about Painkiller. I've started this. We're two episodes in, so we're not deep into it. But I have some some strong opinions about it. And I graduated from college. I'm a pharmacist by trade, graduated in 1995. OxyContin was approved by the FDA in 95, began being marketed in 96. So I've had a front row seat for a lot of this, for actually the whole thing. From And they don't get into this in the series, but um, in the early 90s, there was a lot of talk in medical circles, pharmacy circles, research that pain was massively undertreated. And being pain-free is something that a patient should have the right to. That was actually tossed out there. And so we've gone almost 180 degrees in that within practice to where um, we don't want to use opioids really at all. So uh, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing to me, just given my professional path. Now, the series, uh, Richard, tell me, I know you like it. So give me a few things you like about it first, and then I'll, I'll pop in with some stuff I like. Well, I'll say this. You need to, my advice, if you're going to watch it and you have Hulu too, you need to watch Dope Sick with it. Like they need to go hand in hand because I've read, like I said, I think last week we talked about how I've read Empire of Pain, which is one of the better books I've read in a long time. And it is, I think, I want to start out with a criticism of the show. I do not think they make, Matthew Broderick portrays uh, Richard Sackler particularly well. I think they sugarcoat Richard Sackler. And I don't know if that's on purpose because they were worried they might get a lawsuit against him or what, but they they make him look, they almost make him like comically crazy, like especially talking to his dead uncle um, and stuff like that. So he if you read empire pain and he is all out evil and it might get to that point i i we're like i said we got 10 minutes into the third episode and our power went out so i don't know what happens but it's i like it but i think it's a little bit of a sugar coat whereas dope sick kind of is a more hardcore version of it okay so i feel similarly but differently i do feel like the richard sackler character is a flat character there's not much going on there and they almost make him seem like a a doofus sometimes right like he can't figure out how to change his light bulb in the opening scene and he and um you know i don't know if he really is that evil and i guess he is i I should read the book i don't know but they make him seem like very flat very um, there's no depth to his character, and I think there's no depth to a lot of characters at the high end. I think they do some stuff that's a little bit um, over the top, a little uh, too theatric with yeah. regards to things like when the uh, there's a scene where a lady is recruiting drug reps and they all start chanting at the end of this recruitment session, which that's nonsense. That doesn't happen in real life. Um, the uh, lady, I've been in sales rah-rah stuff yeah You'd but be surprised well i mean you, you would be surprised i'll say that i worked for big com- corporations i worked for a company that made us do a cheer i'll just say that and yeah take what that from take from that what you will but i think that was a recruitment that wasn't even like they were all yeah that yeah that was, that, that so, was a little weird yeah so that that's my point like if they were in a a corporate meeting 
you know, uh, mid-year meetings in Dallas or something, then that, sure, of course, that makes sense. But when you're recruiting people, that doesn't make any sense to me. It yeah. doesn't ring true to me. Um, I, I think I don't really love the character who is the uh, government investigator. There's some stuff that's over-the-top dramatic with her, like her refusing to sit in the chair that Sackler sat in. And the fact that she just walks into this uh, sort of um, deposition situation and she knows all of this stuff. We don't really know how she knows it. I guess that may be exposed to us, but it feels like she's there. She's a fictional character. I know she's made up. I, I did look that up, but it feels like she's there to be a narrator, to be an omniscient narrator. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I think you're right on that. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I think you're right on. I think she's multiple her, multiple people from the greater story combined into one. Yeah. And so I'm not crazy about some of that, but you know, there's some, I, I think the story's fascinating. I wish they would have gone into, I know, I know you have to make the choice and what you talk about and, and your time's limited, but the story about Arthur Sackler being the brains behind the branding of Valium in the sixties is fascinating to me. Like I, I didn't know a lot about that and I, and I've read more about that and that's just really, it's a fascinating um, piece of, information in the history of drug you know marketing that he was behind valium and then ultimately his company was ms content oxycontin you know massive pain pill um manufacturers too so i, I really think that's a fascinating thing that uh, i'd like to have learned a little bit more about in the show but i get that that's not the thrust of the show so we're, we're going to move well, on from that then then my advice is to read empire pain because it's yes, he was behind Valium, but he was if you it goes back even further than that because they started they figured out a way to get data on what doctors were prescribing prescriptions to what like where they were centrally located, like where to target. So he, Arthur Sackler was the the engine behind all this that allowed oxycontin to happen yeah marketing and, genius for sure yeah yeah and it, it, it the book it, so i heard that painkiller is the combination of the book painkiller and empire pain um and if you have a fourth part to that that's where dope sick comes in dope sick is a like i said is a much harder punch you in the face kind of story um, it's, it's not, it's not kind of hokey like, uh, painkiller is, I think it's a good show for, for its purpose to get you aware of what happened. The, another documentary that I strongly recommend to watch as well is the pharmacist on Netflix. Yeah. I've seen that which, one, which, which is based on this and everything along those lines. The, if you combine all those you'll probably get a good picture of what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's right. Advice. Yeah. So read the book, read Empire Pain. I, I'm probably going to read. He also referenced in the book uh, Dreamland, which is another book about Oxycontin. And, yes, and all that that's stuff. that's. Um, yes, I have got that on my list to order i've heard multiple people um talk about how great that book is and yeah i, I really want to read that I've i got think that i did happy land at that oh um, really okay is that no right? no that that might not be right so no no maybe not but anyway so what i'm saying is i think it's like you'd have to complete the story because 
Painkiller is good for what it is. It it really kind of Peter Berg has an interesting way of telling stories. Like it's a little over the top. The whole pharma like pharmaceutical rep thing is an annoyance in my opinion. It's like, and I think we're getting to a point. The pharmaceutical story in Dope Sick is much better because it, it shows true facts about it's like hard stuff about what happened versus this seems to be glorifying it, which is part of it. And don't get me wrong, but I think it leads to a point. And I think we're getting to a point because I think the, the blonde girl is getting a conscious conscience mm-hmm. about all this. And I think that's going to start to play out. Well, he does a really good job in this at um, it, it's, it's heavy handed, but it's, it's important. The, Richard Sacklers, the drug reps, uh, all the people with the money, all the people who are selling it, who are living their best lives, they're making a lot of money, they're driving Porsches, they're drinking champagne, uh, and they'll cut that in with the guy with back surgery who's miserable and the um, you know the, the people who are really struggling with the, the pain and all of those things. Now, another thing that I would say as a, as a criticism so far is that, and, and this may sort itself out, but it's all about Sackler and Purdue Pharma, and there's no um, level of responsibility for anybody else involved in this. And admittedly, the bulk of that responsibility is upon the manufacturer and the marketers, but it's, it's, it, it's kind of a flat story there as far as I'm concerned as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it, I think it's it, it it seems like how do I how do I put it? It seems like this is the G-rated version of this series, like story. Yeah. Like yeah. or PG, like, well, we want to capture the audience. We want to tell you how bad it was, but we really don't want to tell you how bad it was. It's like it just seems like it's they're softening it up, and that's my biggest criticism because they don't soften it. I like the beginning when they have real people talking about their family members. That's fantastic. That is that, fantastic. That is a good punch. And Dope Sick could have learned. It's like now they were made. It, this was made after Dope Sick, but that was a good punch. But that's the only meat, like real hard stuff going on in the show. And it seems like everything else is like, like a, a con, like a, like you said, a, a buffoon side of it. Like well, and, just... and there's so much hard stuff on the human side that they choose not to show. It's interesting to me because they show more graphic, um, like medical surgery stuff, like the lobotomy or the, the back surgery shown in gruesome detail. That's not really that important to the story, but the hard, gruesome human truths are much more important and and much more impactful i think and that that's where i i'd have to say i'd have to it's like i think dope sick is a more impressive story because that is also based on a book yeah called dope sick and it's 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 just it's more hard and and it also talks about the struggles of the investigators I mean, you got the, uh, I think she's with the FDA or maybe FBI. I can't remember. It's Rosario, Rosario Dawson plays the, like the lead, one of the lead characters. Okay. Okay. And it, it also talks about uh, the two guys in Virginia, the prosecutors who kind of brought this about. And I mean, it is a gigantic story. And I imagine it's, I'm sure that, like you said at the beginning, 
that's hard to get your arms around, but it, it's it's a great it's a great idea. I think I think Dope Sick does it better, but it's also entertaining. Uh, Painkiller is very entertaining, and uh, I like watching it. So it, it's it's just seems like it's a softer version of yeah. Of, well, of of the story. Yeah. Well, we're going to get back to that tonight, get back on it. And uh, I'd like to revisit that again once we complete it and uh, have a have a have another debrief, maybe. And I'll share some of my insights from what I've seen through the years, um, if anybody's interested in that. So uh, very, very interesting stuff. And living in Kentucky, which is in the heart of the opioid e- epidemic, it really does hit home. Now, let's shift. Yeah, gears. If you want to also apparently there's. There's something on YouTube where it's actors reenact Richard Sackler's deposition. Brian Cranston does it. Oh, wow. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a bunch of actors who do it. It's on YouTube. I highly recommend people watch it because it is his it is his deposition. I think it might be his one of his depositions from the Kentucky, the Commonwealth of Kentucky's deposition where he was deposed and if you want entertainment, his eight-hour deposition at the state of Kentucky, it's like he is such a pompous ass through that whole thing. It's unreal. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Brian Cranston's great. All right. Um, let's shift gears for a minute. We don't have a ton of time left. We've talked a lot of football. We've talked a lot of opioids. I want to talk about a news story that uh, broke this week, Richard, in the wake of Spain winning the Women's World Cup. We all saw that. We all saw the head of the Spanish Football Federation kiss one of the players. Now, regardless of what we think about that, something else broke this week, and his mother went to a church in Spain and decided she was going to start a hunger strike until the Spanish media and the Spanish people stop harassing her son. What the hell with hunger strikes? Like, what the actual hell with hunger strikes? Like, do you understand a hunger strike? My kids tried hunger strikes. They lasted 15 minutes. Like, nobody cares about a hunger strike, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, I I actually just read, uh, finished a book actually by the same author who did Dope Sick, or not Dope Sick, Empire Pain. It's called Say Nothing. Oh, yeah, I've read that. uh, Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, there's a lot of hunger strikes in that, and it's amazing how bad that is but yeah i don't get a hunger strike it's just like it's just insane and her son was a, so it was his the son the manager's mom did this yeah it's the mom of the manager or the president of the federation whoever it was it's it's the mom it's the mom who is taking up for her son who she feels like is being bullied in the press and in the in uh just spanish culture right now and so she's started a hunger strike until uh, everybody backs off her son well, he, here's the thing is with that is, yes, good for a mom standing up for a son. I don't think a hundred hunger strikes the way to go on that. But another thing is it's she should have probably taught her son some manners. Uh, I don't think kissing one of your players on the lips was probably the best thing to do. It'll be interesting if something else comes out about this, like maybe they had a relationship before, blah, blah, blah. There, there could be a lot of angles here we, that we're not probably so good not getting the whole story. I could be wrong on that, but there might be more to this story than we know. The other thing that's interesting about it is maybe you should teach your son not to grab his crotch in a thrusting motion in front of the, I think, the queen and her daughter at the celebration. 
Did you know that? Just thought that's what they did in Europe. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, but <laughs> again, it's just like he was a little boneheady. It's just like I, I, it's like I don't know if the kiss is that big of a deal. There's a lot of people. I'm sure it's like yes, it's it's uninvited, and I get all that. And I in, in all that. seriousness, I think it's a big deal. Like there are people yeah, who call this yeah. Spain's Me Too moment, and I think yeah. that's fair enough. And I think it's reasonable to discuss this and to talk about how that should have been handled in a better way. Yeah, he, and I don't he, I don't want yeah. to trivialize it at all. Honestly, I'm making no. jokes, but I'm not, I don't want to trivialize it because yeah, it's it, important. It, yeah, it, it was he 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 definitely he just needs to go on a good PR tour and basically sincerely apologize, which he should. And and instead of playing a victim, I mean, it's just like just he he picked the wrong stage to do it on. And yeah, he he did a lot of things that makes him look like a complete dipshit yeah well I, I think all of that stuff is important important to talk about important for spain but i i just had not heard about a hunger strike in 40 years and like and like you alluded to hunger strikes were actually pretty successful during the troubles in ireland in terms of you know people going on a hunger strike in prison and then being let yeah. free or, or they did that some, here in the u.s too yeah yeah and uh I don't know, man. I it's it's a, such a weird thing to me because I'm like, you don't want to eat, you want to starve yourself. Okay, go for it. Impact me none, and uh, that's just you, man. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't. I, it's just like I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I could do a hunger strike. I, I it's just and, and especially after reading that book, I don't. That it's like, or I was just like, you know, uh, I'm not sure. There, there's so much. That can affect you after the fact with a yeah, strike. Yeah, sure, for sure, for like, sure. It's it's yeah, it's it, that's some crazy stuff. It's so. crazy. It takes a shocking amount of discipline actually uh, to do it, and uh, I don't have that much discipline, no matter how bad. Yeah, if I smell a piece of bacon or smell the pizza, I'd Over. probably be finished. Over. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For so. sure. For sure. Um, gosh, you know that th this is a dumb thing, uh, but on the subject of like crazy stuff like that. Uh, have you ever like tried to burn massive amounts of uh paper? Like have you ever like I like old checks or old documents? It like, does you know? not it does not as work as well as you think it's gonna work. No, I do not respect people who burn books, but I, or did burn books, but man, I respect their resolve because it is hard to burn thick wedges of paper, right? Well, it, it's also a lot of those things, like I it's like I thought at one point, like I had all these old bills and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll just put them in a like I asked a friend of mine, I was like, Do you have a burn pile? He's like, I do. And I was like, Well, I want to bring over a bunch of old bills. He's like, you know, that's not as easy as you think it is. No. Because they're they're coated for one, and it's like there's there's usually a coating on them that's not very flammable, and it, it cuts down on the burn time and it's and it probably produces chemicals and in the flames or the smoke. That are probably not the healthiest healthiest things. Well, and you got those pages all tight together, so it's hard yeah. to get oxygen in there, hard to get flame in there. Man, burning it's it's a pain in the butt. And uh, I'm not I'm not glorifying anybody that's ever burned books, but I am saying I respect your resolve because that is really really hard to do. Uh, yeah. That's that's tedious work. So uh, you know, remember that, it, boys and girls. Remember right. that. Don't burn books. It's just too damn hard. It's a lot easier to read. Just read yeah. the stuff they don't want you to read the banned books. It'll be you'll have a better life. 
Do we even ban books anymore? Uh, Florida, I think. No, I live in Florida. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. I, I There are places, but in America, we, we don't really. Um, yeah. yeah. So, all right. We're up against it. We got a minute left. Um, thanks a lot for listening tonight. I know we, we talked a lot about opioids and a lot about football and a little bit about hunger strikes and also about burning books. So if you had that on your bingo card, you're a winner tonight. <laughs> yes, yes. Congratulations on uh, on listening to this fine episode about drug use, burning books, and hunger strikes. Because, yeah, it's just crazy. So. That's what we do. All right. Well, everybody have a great Labor Day weekend. I hope yep. everybody who cares uh, gets to watch some college football this weekend because – it's very exciting. We are so excited. We're going to talk more about that as well as other things. So, Richard, do you have anything else before we bounce? Yep. Just go big blue and have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody. Absolutely. We're going to keep living our best mid lives. You keep living yours. Yeah.